0: I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega the Podcast, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where we are giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff and community so you can be blessed by them. Well, friends, this is a true treat and a true treasure. Well, as you know, each week I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Highs, everybody. Total emergency. What?
1: Emergency? Absolutely. uh, Sort of Class 3 meltdown, whatever you want to call it, Hallie. It was just a really difficult weekend with my teens.
0: Class 3 meltdown?
1: Well, basically, you know, we had a lock-in this weekend. Yeah, sure. And, um... Right before the lock-in, we were going to do all sorts of really cool stuff. We had uh, filled a bunch of kiddie pools with shaving cream. Uh, we had got, made, set up a slip and slide that um, we had uh, put Vaseline all over just to make it go really fast. Awesome. And, you know, we were just going to get these kids absolutely messed up and, you know, give them a bunch of sugar, let them run around the gym. And, they, need know, right, they need they it. Do. They need so ho- it. They do. And it's good, wholesome fun. That's right. Hallie, I overheard some of my teen girls talking. And these were some seniors. And uh, they were talking in the bathroom in one of the stalls. I just happened to be in there changing uh, some of the um, toilet paper or whatever. Well, I did hear them in there, and then I was like, you know... just whenever whenever you see a group of teen girls go to the bathroom together, uh-huh. you know there's probably something not good going on.
0: And there probably needs to be more paper towels. Right.
1: So I went in. I, you know, I didn't go all the way in, but I listened at the door, and I heard one of them say, All right, ladies, you know, we're really excited because this weekend is all the fingering. Fingering? Yeah. Like uh, fingerling? No, not like the potato, like... Uh, like fingering, which I didn't really know what that meant, Hallie, but I did oh, know the way they no. said it, the tone in their voice, uh, it did mean something bad.
0: Like it sounded salacious.
1: So I did a little bit of working and I. Uh, you an know, urban
0: dictionary or what? No,
1: I just went around and sort of uh, just kept um, sort of listening in on the conversations oh. and. From what I could put together, Hallie, basically what it is is, you know, they go off uh, somewhere onto the campus with uh, some of the guys, and oh. when no one's looking, they have a guy bend over and they they put a finger in his bum.
0: What? I think and it's... And they
1: call that fingering. No,
0: I think it's when... So that's what they like, do, Hallie. I think it's when a guy... Hallie, did...
1: that is absolute... What the, It's what they're doing, and I... I I, it I'm might have t-
0: changed, but when I was young, I remember feeling. I'm sure it was absolutely guy... the same
1: thing, Hallie, because this is serious, and I'm not afraid to talk about the difficult issues that are going on with my team. But
0: do you think that it might be like when a guy things th- change,
1: Hallie, and you know, I don't know what they used to call it. You know, back back when you were young, it was pr- they probably were talking about practicing piano, but. Here, no, they, they are, just meant, back I'm, then, or, it meant that when a, a guy like reaches but down... I'm and... telling you, it is a guy goes over, sometimes he bends over a hay bale or something like that, and they, the girls put a finger in his bum.
0: Why would they do that? I think it's when a no, guy... No, Hallie, goes... I
1: don't know why they do it. It's sick. It's something they probably learned on Snapchat, and uh, I just basically, I, I brought them all together, and I just what said... What does
0: the girl get out of it.
1: Well, that's the thing. That's what I started with. I just said, "Hey, you know what? All this fingering that's going on, you girls are not getting a thing out of that." And they just they looked at me like I was crazy. And I just said, "Uh, "Look, you're not getting anything out of that, and you're not you're not getting anything out of that by putting your finger in there. And if you're a guy." That's Letting that happen, well, you got to re-examine your whole life. and uh,
0: Yeah, take a look in the mirror lap. and take a lap.
1: Uh, and, you know, one of my kids was sort of acting up, and then he, like, did a V sign with his fingers, and he, like, stuck his tongue through it. Um, so then I was like, oh, maybe I did misinterpret it. I didn't oh, know that. Oh, maybe
0: then, that's what it means? I
1: don't know. Like, licking each other's fingers? I'm not sure.
0: Or when you make a lewd gesture with your mouth, with your fingers no, making Hallie, a V.
1: I, it's either that they're putting the fingers in the boys bums the ladies are or it or could be when a guy like his fingers anyway Hallie I don't really want to talk one about other it
0: possibility it could be when it really isn't
1: did... how was your weekend
0: it was dramatic really you know I'm really close to my mom and she's sharp as a tack even though she's in her retirement years right well, she, I must have gotten uh, the fact that I'm a dog person. I must have got it from her because she's always had dogs. We always had dogs growing up. I had gerbils. I had parakeets. I had um, chickadees. I had the whole thing. And um, cats, you know, outdoor cats, indoor cats, outdoor dogs, indoor dogs, blah, blah, blah. So uh, my mom, my mom has an English bulldog named Ferdinand. You've met him. He oh, came right. when yeah. I was filling up the, uh, the children's ministry with animals one yeah, weekend for some like, teaching metaphors. Yeah. But um, you've met Ferdinand, and he just is like a big waddling kind of like trunk of sausage. You know what I right. mean? He um is like slobbering and whatnot. Anyway, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but she, my mom... So my mom can't drive right now because she hasn't been able to um, drive because her eyes are getting so bad. Right. So I take her places. So she had to take Ferdinand to the vet. So I take her to the vet, and... Something really kind of embarrassing happened. I was walking her in there, and I guess the backstory is that a year ago, uh, before COVID, pair pair, what's it called that we're in right now? Anyway, oh, I think
1: it's called Pavo.
0: Yeah, uh, we, uh, she had taken Ferdinand to the vet a year ago for for uh, uh, Ferdy's, uh, yearly exam okay. with the vet veterinarian, and um, my mom had said, you know, Ferdinand is such a good dog. I've been thinking about um, breeding him. Because he's so good and the puppies would be so lovely. And the vet said, oh, well, if you ever want to breed him, uh, you just go like this. And he snaps on a a rubber glove, reaches underneath Ferdinand's carriage, essentially, and kind of does a rum-tum-tug-tug-tum-tugler on on Ferdinand's boy part.
1: He did something from Cats on the—what?
0: Well, the— He just
1: said rum-tum-tugger. That's from Cats. It's a great movie. You should check it out. Really? Yeah.
0: No, the vet just like (smack) snaps on a plastic glove, rubber glove, reaches underneath Ferdinand's undercarriage, starts doing a rum-tongue tug-tug. That's from cats. The rum-tongue
1: tug is a curious cat. And Ferdinand kind
0: of, what do you call it? Ferdinand just sort of explodes. Well, what would you call it? I
1: have no idea.
0: He explodes all over the countertop where the vet was... Tugging on his rum tugger. What and is happening it today? It turns out that English bulldogs cannot mate, and so the vet was trying to show my mom how you get the, you know, semen. I guess you would call it from the dog, and then you got a turkey baster it into the girl dog, and that's the only way we even have. English bulldogs, because anatomically or physiologically or anatomically or whatever it's called, they cannot even physically mate. It's impossible, is what the vet says. So
1: I... All I know is that the Navy got sunk at sea with all this semen talk.
0: Walk in to the vet's room with my mom. Ferdinand looks up, takes one look at the vet. The vet turns around... Snaps a plastic a rubber glove onto his hand and says, Oh, Ferdinand and Ferdinand just right then and there.
1: I just don't shoots understand. Shoots
0: his goof juice all over the floor, just as a Pavlovian response to hearing the rubber glove snap.
1: Hallie, what what does this have to do with what's going on at the church?
0: Well, it was just very dramatic. And when I came home, I was white as a ghost. My husband, Lance Labont, looks at me and says, What's wrong? I said, I think I've been part of some kind of a pornographic thing on a Tuesday. And Lance says, porno what and i said well and so i tell the
1: story yeah you don't need to tell it again
0: of a ferdinand just walking in and having talk about a pavlovian response right. you hear the word treat and you sit like a good boy you hear the word uh, supper and you come run into the kitchen you hear the snap of a rubber glove and the next thing you know
1: makes me want to jump out a window
0: so my my son day took it as an opportunity to try to put my faith in my face my faith in my face my faith in my face. and he said, "You know, Mom, you might believe in creation, but when you got corgis and Frenchies, and when you're sitting there looking at an English bulldog, you're buying evolution." And I said, "No, no, I don't buy evolution. I I believe in creation." He said, "You might believe in creation, but you're buying evolution. Cause uh, what do you what do you think there there was turkey basters in the Garden of Eden, and then you know." all this there wouldn't even be english bulldogs if it weren't for evolution. You're you're looking at evolution every time you look at a corgi a frenchie or an english. And I just said, "Day, give me your phone." And so now I put his phone in. I just have, now I have a lock box. It's one of those um sanitizing stations where you put UV on your phone. I can lock it oh, in there I for get a that while. Oh, that's my soon.
1: brain. That's our dog drinking
0: water. <laughs> Hey there, a quick word about our Patreon. I have to say that I think our midweek mini-episodes have been getting really good. We get to be ourselves. Yep, we
1: break down what's happening in the world and our lives and on the podcast. And we
0: gossip about our neighbors.
1: Holly usually cries at least once.
0: And you'll hear our dog barking and helicopters going over. And um, we get to be real. And there's really good music and poetry. And I think you all should get in on this, you lovelies. You can
1: hear our dog right now tearing up <laughs> something in the background. Scratching. All that and more. It's kind of like a poor man's Ira Glass and a poor woman's Terry gross had to record themselves being vulnerable
0: and we're definitely poor right now
1: so for five bucks a month you get a midweek mini podcast
0: (laughs) head to patreon.com mega the podcast well just like crowds were following jesus all over the countryside our guest today has quite a following we're gonna give her a call right now please welcome ainsley nicole brown everybody welcome Ainsley
1: it's so nice to see you you know usually we see your face all over um, you know bus stops here in town we see you on the side of uh, on park benches but it's so nice to see your face here in person and not just on a park bench or at at church on Sunday
2: and you know what thank you for mentioning the park benches because people are always like why do you have your face out there and I'm like the bible said not to hide your light under a bushel okay (laughs) this face is a (laughs) moneymaker
1: that is right well, just tell us a little bit about, for those who don't know, what exactly you do?
2: Well, I run um, the state's only Christian real estate business. And I oh, just, you know, awesome. as a Christian, I want everything I do to glorify God, including my job. Well,
1: that yes. is true. And um, I actually can say that I was served very well in a very in a very Christlike way because you actually sold me my condor two years ago. Yep.
2: That's yep. right. No walls. Totally open floor plan. Because I say, what do we have to hide, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like a lo- it's a two-bedroom loft, but this there's, this there's two-bed, it's kind of two beds in a big
2: room. Yeah.
0: That is so cool. Now, do you find that you sell Christians more modern? Like what do the Christians prefer? Do they go for a more quaint and a classic house or more modern styles? What do you think Christians are more into nowadays?
2: You know, it's interesting. I really find both You know, and I really try to um, get to know my clients really well. You know, I like to ask them about their relationships, their strong Christian marriages and like just really figure out what kind of house is going to be best for them.
0: That's so awesome. And I know that of of the Twin Hills community here in our church, that you've sold thousands of homes to thousands of the members of our church and that people know they can really trust you, that you're not just like, I'd say the number one realtor in all of Indianapolis, but the fact that you're a Christian and that you put a focus on finding homes that are owned by Christ followers and selling those to people who are also Christ followers, it just makes you feel so good. I would feel better moving into a home that
2: I knew had been lived in by Christians. That's the thing. You know, the house has already been prayed over. You know that there have been lots of prayers in that house, and that's very important to me because demons are real, and you you know you don't want to move into a house full of demons because you use a secular real estate agent.
1: Your business is called The Upper Room, and and I loved it. You know, right before we we were at closing, uh, you know, I bought my uh, condo from a couple of Christians, and you said, "Hey, we're all going to gather and we're going to pray over this contract before we sign." And I really do, th- and and lo and behold. Uh, You know, we came in uh, about $25,000 under asking Mm. and it closed so fast. And I just love that, you know, you you put in these little touches that really make people confident that this is going to be a Christian purchase.
2: Oh, thank you so much for saying that. You know, like some real estate agents, they'll bake cookies in the house to make it smell good or whatever. And what I do is I pray over every home personally before you even see it.
1: You anointed the contract in oil, which I thought was cool.
2: Yes. Extra virgin olive oil. I don't even skimp on it. I get the good stuff. The Rachel Ray EVOO.
0: Wow. Well, I've got to see her in action because Ainsley was at my house one time for we were doing some kind of like a small group Bible study type of thing. This was probably last year around 4th of July. Do you remember that? And um, as soon as she walked in onto my driveway, she felt an evil presence in my next door neighbor's house. And so she immediately prayed a hedge of protection around my house. She actually put a hedge of protection and filled it with angels, like the warrior type of angels. And I mean, she can pray. She sounds like it's a Game of Thrones monologue when she starts really sending them up. It's powerful.
2: And, you know, just to be clear, like it's a spiritual hedge, but it was also a hedge. I do have a landscaping... Part of the business. So, oh, really? you know, it's like if I see an evil presence, I'm not gonna let you not have a hedge of protection when it'll only take three guys a week to put one in around your lawn. You know what I mean? Wow. Well I didn't tell you this, Ainsley, but the thing you
0: were sensing from next door. There's a guy, I think he's Polish. He has an accent. I'm not exactly sure what he what what nationality he is, but he works over at Knights um Knights Used Car Dealership. And um I think he does really well because he drives a Hummer. I think you probably saw it in the driveway, but the thing he has going on, the darkness that he's welcoming into his property, into his household, is that he's divorced and he has some new gal coming over and she spends the night. So, you know.
2: you know, And it's what I appreciate about you so much is that you could just turn a blind eye to that, but you're not. You're going to stay up and peek out your curtains and pray for his soul. And that's what a good neighbor does. A good neighbor pays attention and prays attention.
1: Have you ever seen the Property Brothers?
0: Have
2: I ever seen my favorite show?
0: Well, I think one of those real attractive gals, I think
2: one of them dumped a property brother after they got married. Now see that, I i just don't understand. If I had a property brother... Uh, he'd be my property.
1: I just thought it was so sad when I found out that the third property brother was, you know, John Mulaney, um, which was so sad to find out that that comedian John Mullaney was actually the third property brother. But because he doesn't love God, um, they, they basically kicked him out of the trio.
2: Oh, is that right?
1: Yeah, he's, he's much shorter, but he does look exactly like them if you think about it.
2: Oh, And, you know, it's gosh, that's really sad to imagine having to be out there being a touring comedian talking <sighs> to those crowds of who knows who could be sinners could be anybody when you could have a good, honest career, knocking down walls, like your brothers, that's got to hurt. I'm going to pray. He's going to be in my prayers tonight.
0: See now Ainsley, I can't believe we've really buried the lead here, but speaking of HGTV and I don't know if you know this gray, but she shared it with me personally, that HGTV has come around knocking on your door and, and, and ringing your phone and trying to get you your own show about these Christ centered sales you're
2: doing. I'm working on it. I want praying for properties to just be in every home, you know, and I love HGTV. I love watching a couple, you know, renovate a house together. I think that's a good activity for couples to do together. Unfortunately, I am single. Uh, So my show would be um, a real estate show, you know, helping to get nice families and home. But I'm also looking for love. And, uh, you know, it's called Praying for Properties. And we'll see see how it goes. I've really enjoyed working with HGTV so far. So is it in development now or have you shot some or what's the story? Uh, Well, so far, what it has been is a series of emails. Um, I have been emailing info at hgtv and also just um guessing names of producers you know Susan at HDTV, Mike at HDTV. And I feel like I'm getting closer. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's smart. Because I feel like once you kind of get your foot in the door there, I I think you'll become world famous because right now you're Indianapolis famous for sure. But you know what will happen when you get world famous or at least USA famous is you're going to have guys throwing themselves at you. You'll have your pick of the litter.
2: And, you know, they say you have not because you ask not. So Uh, I'm asking. Amen. I'm so lonely. Oh, that is, that's awesome. Now, Ainsley, oh, you do, Ainsley.
0: I,
1: I, and I'm sure that's also because, you know, you live in a beautiful, you know, five bedroom, six bathroom house all by yourself. And I f- I'm sure that that does, even though it's a beautiful home, you probably, it's probably a bit echoey.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes you'll just look up and be like, it's been a month since I've been in bedroom number three. And I'll just, you know, open the door and look in there and see, just just check it out. And, but it it is empty. I wish that there was, a child in every bedroom.
1: And that home used to be owned by Reggie Miller, the Indiana Pesa. Am I right?
2: Yes, we held hands and prayed over it together. Oh, so he is a Christian. Of course. Of course. You don't win that many games without having somebody on your side, you know?
1: That is right.
2: Isn't that right? Now, was he really tall? Was it very strange how tall he was? Yeah, I was prepared for very tall. And then he was even taller.
1: And does he still sort of look like a 15-year-old boy playing National Basketball League basketball? Because he, he always just seems so young. baby mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I know you're not supposed to ask, but I got to ask how old are you?
2: Oh, well, you know, I'm not ashamed to say the Lord has given me 40 good years on this earth.
1: Okay, so a bit too a bit too old to have kids.
0: Oh, I think you're young. Uh Janet Jackson had one at 65. Oh, yeah. did she really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Miracles happen every day. Yeah, they got good fertility now. They do make you feel bad, though, because they call you a geriatric pregnancy. My last pregnancy was geriatric, and I didn't like it. Every time they said that, I was like, you know, can you just put that on the paper but not say it out loud? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to feel like a teen pregnancy no matter when it happens.
1: That, you know, that's what I tell my kids is, you know, you want your pregnancy to feel like a teen pregnancy, but you don't want to be a teen.
0: And I'll tell you what, once your kids become teenagers, Ainsley, oh, I have a teenager right now and he gives me more guff than I can shake a stick at and I don't even know what to do. I'm just like, get through these years, get through them. I love him. But oh my goodness, he is, he, he is pushing my every button.
1: So Ainsley, I've got to ask, um, on all the real estate posters that you have that say, you know, the uh, upper room real estate, um, you you are standing yourself on sort of a table that looks like the Last Supper table, but you are playing a flying V guitar. And I just was always kind of a bit curious about that because I was like, hey, okay, she looks like pretty rock and roll.
2: Yeah, well, you know... Um... God loves a frugal child so I had one photo shoot for my band and then I just used those photos for the the real estate flyers but i am in a rock and roll band oh what? so you
1: are in the you're in the band the upper room too
2: yes on the weekends we you know it's we take classic rock songs and just insert some christ into them oh. and uh, we play all kinds of venues we'll go to bars we'll go wherever it's our ministry you know it's like that's When we play Stairway to Heaven, we're trying to actually get you on it, you know? Oh,
1: yes. I saw, I've, you know, that's really cool because I think I saw you playing at TGI Fridays, like right before the um the
2: quarantine. Yeah, that's one of our um, big gigs. It, ironically, we play it on Thursdays.
0: You should try to play at Bravo Italian Cucina over on Keystone at the Crossing.
2: I would come see you over there. You should try to get in there. Oh, maybe I'll get my booker on it. It's me with a different email address.
0: Oh, Oh, see, that's smart. See, you've got a good head for
2: business on your shoulders. Well, you know, my mom was a businesswoman.
1: Really? What did she do?
2: Well, you know, my dad was a pastor, and she was the administrator of our church, and she kept that thing running. And, you know, as a little girl, you just see your mom. She was out there uh, just, um, you know, keeping the business going. when my dad was away uh, different places. Uh, And, yeah, what I took from that was that a woman has to be about business, (laughs)
1: That's right. That's right. You know, I always love that where where they say, you know, we should run churches like a business. I say, yeah, we should run the government like a business. I say, yeah, you know, we're doing that right now, and things are going great. The more you run things uh, like church and government and your home like a business, I think it's it's good. I think it's better.
2: Yes, I think you should run your church like a business and your government like a church and your business like a government.
1: That's right. It's sort of a it's sort of an endless snake eating its own tail.
0: You should also treat a marriage like a, um, uh,
1: like a business, like
0: a business, because also, you know, they say that we are Christ's bride, right? And so if, if you run, can run a church like a business, then you can run a marriage. Well, this is what I do with my husband and maybe this will work for you is, um, I learned that nagging him never works because, um, I, I was at SeaWorld one time because I think it's so neat what they do with the black fish there and they jump up and everything. And I was at SeaWorld one time, and I noticed that when they wanted to get the dolphin or the blackfish to do a trick, what did they do? They gave it a fish. They didn't They didn't uh, insult it. They didn't nag it. They gave it a little fish. And so I started doing that in my marriage. Whenever my husband, Lance Labonte, would do something that I liked, I would give him a little fish. See? You
1: gave him a literal fish?
0: Yeah. And then he would do that thing again. You see what I'm saying? Does so he really like fish? You reinforce the good behavior, see?
2: That's just a little marriage tip for you. I'll tell you what. Well, I'm going to go out and buy a bag of Swedish fish because I like the way that sounds.
1: You know, I, I actually just went through a pretty rough breakup and um, I realized I was running my relationship like a business because I basically told my girlfriend like, hey, you know, I'm kind of looking at your performance. I'm looking at, you know, the I'm looking at your, your, your pretty, your, you know, your, your profits. I'm looking at the margins. I used to, I said, you know, I looked at your 10x. I, I was using a lot of sort of business terms and I just said, you know, we don't have a lot of synergy here. And we're going to have to um, lay you off. Oh. And I basically, that's how I broke up with her. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's very corporate speak, isn't it?
1: Right. Well, we run, we run the church here like a business. And so I run my relationship like a business too. And now Minga is no longer.
2: So now you're ready for a new merger and or acquisition. That's right.
1: Where did you grow up?
2: Um, I grew up in Orange County, California. Oh, really? wow. wow. Which is a beautiful, beautiful oh. landscape. Full of sin. Oh, just really? people walking around in bikinis on a Wednesday morning. And, you know, I went to high school in that environment with the dudes and the dudettes and the surfers. And I just couldn't wait to move to a town where there were enough Christian houses to yeah. only sell Christian houses. Yeah. Yeah, God is
0: at work here.
1: You know, I have been to Orange County before to a couple of conferences, and it's totally true, you know, but there's some big, great churches down there. Um, You know, I love Saddleback is one of my favorite churches. I also, uh, when I was really young, I went to the Crystal Cathedral, and something really shocking happened, which was right during a service at the Crystal Cathedral, a woman in a bikini took a top off, and she pressed her bare body against the Crystal Cathedral, and everyone on the inside was like, hey, looks like somebody's stuck to God's windshield here. And it was really shocking.
0: Wow. Right. It was she some... must have been mentally ill.
1: No, actually. Well, there was a there was a poison concert down the road and she thought she thought poison was playing inside the church. But oh. um, actually, it, yeah, it was it was Crystal Cathedral.
2: That's, that's why your church edifice shouldn't be too fancy. You that's know, right? right. It's it's really you're you're aggrandizing yourself. And that kind of thing is bound to happen. If you make something too fancy, someone's going to press their breasts against it.
1: Well, you know, it's crazy, because um, at that time, Robert Fuller was the pastor, and he was still alive, and he was screaming, whore, go away, uh, you know, whore of Babylon, go away. And then, you know, she threw a rock, and it, it smashed it, and uh, basically, you know, he was in a glass house, um, but it looks like the rock was coming from the outside.
0: Wow. That is intense. I'll tell you what, it really is the female's responsibility to stay modest so that she doesn't cause good and upright men to stumble in lust. It's really
2: on us, don't you think,
0: to really kind of cover up and be modest.
2: Well, and that's why no matter what the weather, I wear a cardigan. You know, just it's a little it's a it's a fabric barrier between me and sin, and I get them from Kohl's. And I just have enough so that, you know, even if you didn't do laundry that week, there's always another cardigan because you don't want to slip up.
1: And I love it when you're handing out your business card. You always say, uh, you'll remember this because you'll get my card again. And I said, I've already got your card. You said, no, my cardigan." And I said, no, I've already got it. And you said, no, my cardigan." And we did that for about 10 minutes. It was great. Do you ever sell to Mormons?
2: I have. I have. But, you know, oh, really? it, here, um, there aren't a lot of houses big enough for their oh, families. sure. Right. Yeah. So when I do find a nine-bedroom house, I would quickly try to call my Mormon clients who are looking because it's very rare out here.
0: I thought we were supposed to really look down on Mormons until um, Mitt Romney ran against Barack Obama. And then everyone was like, you know what? Mormons are good because we got to beat the liberal progressives. And so I feel like ever since Mitt Romney, uh, Mormons have sort of kind of been grandfathered in by Christos, huh?
2: And I think Mormons are in and Episcopalians are out.
0: Well, just like Jesus reached for more hummus and tabbouleh at the Last Supper, I'm reaching into the mailbag, everybody. Here we go. Dear Twin Hillers, summer picnics are my favorite thing, but I want to make more Christ-centered food. Any recommendations? Sincerely, Ted Cooper-Witkins. That's a great question. I like
2: this, Ted.
1: Uh, you know, in Australia, we do something called uh, toad in the hole, and I started doing something called Daniel in the pit, which was you know you basically uh, it's a grate for a barbecue. You you cut a hole in some toast and you put a soft boiled egg in it, and it's kind you know it's kind of like gumbo. A lot of people are going, "Hey, I didn't think you'd eat this at a barbecue," but I just go right right around and I said, "Hey, it's Daniel in the pit." And um, they seem to really like that. So I would recommend Daniel in the Pit um, at your next 4th of July, uh, Memorial Day, whatever you're celebrating.
2: That's awesome. That sounds really good. I've been lately making um, fruit punches. (gasps) Uh, I just put whatever fruit you have on hand, your grapes, your watermelon, your orange, all of that, uh, slice it up in the bowl and then make a red punch And, you know, the kids love it. Their faces get all red and they're running around all sticky and full of sugar. And, you know, after they've drunk all the punch and they're really happy, then you just remind them that this is the color of Jesus's blood, that he bled and died for us. And taking a moment to do that at any picnic, I think is always appropriate. That's
0: awesome.
1: I think it's also nice to imagine Jesus having fruit in his blood.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like what we do with communion and, and the grape juice. You know, I would say a real Christ-centered um, dessert, because I got a sweet tooth, um, is a no-bake cookie. Do you know no-bakes? Oh, sure. Mm-mm. You don't know? Oh, you're going to love this, Ainsley. Um, so a no-bake cookie, I think, is very Christ-centered, because the whole point of the no-bake is that you don't bake them. It, they You use cocoa and oatmeal. And um, I don't remember if it's egg or what the binding agent is, but you just kind of make these cocoa balls and then you put them on the counter and you let them uh, sort of harden and they become these sweet little cocoa uh, chocolate no-bake cookies. And here's why I think that they're so Christ-centered is because who's got time to preheat the oven when Christ could return at any moment? So true.
1: So they're just sort of like little dough blobs?
0: Yeah, and, um, and you don't have to bake them, and they're delicious. Chocolatey. They're uncooked
2: with eggs in them, so you are eating them on faith.
0: Ainsley Nicole Brown was played by Ashley Nicole Black. You can check her work out on A Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO and follow her on Twitter at Ashley N one cole I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas is played by Greg Hess. You can follow me at Holly Laurent and follow Greg at HeyGregHess. And of course, Mega is on your favorite form of social media, and that is at MegaThePodcast. Email your mailbag questions to megathepodcast at gmail. And for a special spot in heaven, rate and review us on iTunes and support us on Patreon.